I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they used to pull a kaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2019. Yeah. You never heard nothing like that, huh? That's cool, huh? <laughs> We got bars over here, don't we? <laughs> so on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Lisa's out where taping during the week, but um, we are here to give you awesome game. She's, no, she, she was on last episode, she right? Was on, she was on, so yeah, this is probably dropping like two or three weeks. Okay. So we'll, um, yeah, they'll let her her voice for a week or two, <laughs> and then we'll be back to us. Right. <laughs> back again, it is the incredible. Rhyme Hannibal. <laughs> the incredible. All right, so um, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So today we got my man in the house, Juan Gray. You say it like that? Juan Gray? All right. Writer, actor, producer, right? Yes, sir. Podcaster, (laughs) uh, 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 entrepreneur, all kinds of shit, right? That's it, man. (laughs) Creator at the end of the day. I just like to create. Great. Okay, cool, cool. So um, let's go ahead and give the kids a little bit of something about you, where you're from. I just want to give a little thing. Um, Juan is also um, one of the characters on the show that I'm on, Deadly Class. Here from Vancouver, yeah. getting it in here in LA, trying to trying to get some more shit going on, right? Absolutely, bro. That's are you from that. like Montreal, or are you from? I'm from so originally I'm from uh, my parents are from Mexico, so I lived in Mexico growing up. But uh, after after primary, I basically grew up in Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. But then we went to shoot in Vancouver. I flew out to Vancouver. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. I'm oh, from Montreal. I so thought I, you were there. No, nah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And you they speak French? Do you speak French? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you speak a little bit, don't you? A little bit. <laughs> Y'all gonna be here. <laughs> I just curious because um, I've, I saw that you're from Montreal, um, and yeah, you know, so and and this is two languages that they speak English and French. It's like the mm-hmm. dual right. official languages, and right. so I was just curious. Yeah, there's a, there's one section. I mean, there's a couple of different sections inside, like Montreal or Quebec, which is the province. Mm-hmm. And depending where you live, they speak more French or they mm-hmm. speak more English. Yeah. Um, but where I was, I was kind of talking both growing really? up. Yeah, yeah. And you moved there when you were home. Uh, I was actually born in Montreal. Okay. I was born in Montreal. Then we went back to like as a. Then we went back to Mexico for some time for mm-hmm. my dad's work, and then for my dad's work as well, came mm-hmm. back to uh, came to Montreal. Grew up there, and uh, so yeah, I was basically speaking English with my friends and French at school, mm-hmm. and then uh, how, how, my house was Spanish, so it was a little bit uh, all over. And then a bunch That's of my right. friends were from like Af- a lot of African friends, a lot of friends from the like, Middle Eastern, so right, it was right. 
talking Habibi, <laughs> every, everything, man. So it's kind of that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. So cool. Growing up there, um, you are a former athlete, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. So were you football, soccer? Uh, soccer. Okay. Or football or football. No, I right? like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm into the British shit, it, so I say football. But yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what was that like for you growing up? It was it was my it was my everything growing up, man. Um, I started playing at the age of four. Actually, the word uh, "gol" was my first word because my <laughs> wow. my dad coming from Mexico, he was. Uh, so what happened is, even if we were in Montreal, right uh, when I when I was first born, he would still watch like Mexican soccer and soccer mm-hmm. in general, like almost every day. And when he gets really really passionate, so when. Uh, when there's a team that scores, he goes, God, God, you know, all over there. Like those guys do. Like, you know, when it's, it's like, yeah. what's it? It's called ESPN uh, Espen, uh, Deportes, you know, which ESPN, is like the, which is the Spanish version. And if you watch the soccer on there, the guy's like, Oh, it's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, keeps, it keeps going forever. Yeah, right? forever. But, but I realized that that's like how they do it over there. So. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, so you just scream, right? Mm. Like that. And then my mother would, would walk in and Juan Manuel, because my dad's also called Juan. Uh, Juan okay. and uh, Juan Manuel, you're gonna wake up the baby. despertar bebé, you know. And then I, he did wake me up every time, and uh, I would start crying. But then that that word just kind of gets subconsciously in my head. Right. And at some point, I, uh, I was just like with, with with them, and they're like, "Wait, what do you say?" You know. And that's the first thing that came out. And then it was like, "Ah, well, I wish water." And then mm-hmm. mama, papa, all that stuff. But and then after that, are you only child? No, I have a, a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Looking like he's 13. Look at him. I don't know. Look at him. <laughs> he's like, I'm older than that. Well, he's playing a high school in the thing, <laughs> so he, he, got it, he's, well, he hasn't looked young enough. Well, we're in an academy. We're like, they're supposed to be like 18-ish or something like okay. that. Okay. 18 to 21. We'll, give, to 21. we'll give you that. Yeah. We'll give yeah. you that swing. We'll give you that yeah. swing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so I'm fascinated by you a little bit just because the, the more I know about you, especially after listening to your podcast. What's your podcast? Pod- Jump it right It's right. Uh, called Words to Success. Words to Success. To success by the number yeah, two. The, the, number, two. the number two. It's all about sharing like kind of what success is mm-hmm. to I realized growing up and what happened was that I was um I was kinda of looking for, for mentors in mm-hmm. a way in, in business itself. And my business has always been for me to one help my, my family with different things and also I wanted to be financially independent so I'm able to do what I want to do. There's so many times where I wanted to do something but I, without the finances it was impossible to do, right? right or I right. couldn't do it. I even produce something. Produce mm-hmm. something as short as a, a music video and I wanted to be really, really good, but I said I could put stuff together and I realized that if I didn't have all the resources, I had to become resourceful. So I became mm-hmm. like a master of that. But then if you want to take it to the next level, you need to put capital in, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I realized if I don't have it, or my, or my parents could help me the way they can. But after that, it's like, okay, I got I to gotta start like making my own thing and not creating any excuses. Just, right. just do it, right? So um, I, was, I had a couple of different businesses, some that were becoming quite successful. And then I started documenting a little bit of a journey just on social media, doing like, uh, same time I was playing soccer and all that, I would just... Sometimes I'd go outside like a restaurant where it's like mm-hmm. the most expensive restaurant in Montreal, for example, and I would just see, okay, these people have a lot of money. They're paying, you know, like $300 for a meal. They mm-hmm. must have, you know, money and they might uh, be good in business, right? Stuff like that. So I would just wait outside. I'd be like, hey, man, do you mind if I ask you a question? Like a really? little advice. You yeah. Bold, and uh, they're like, yeah, what's up? Well, uh, how did you become successful? Like, I was, I was like, really, I was really young, you know, but then I started documenting that and putting it on Instagram and people like really, really liked that because mm-hmm. everyone had different ideas and uh, first different definitions of what success was to them, mm-hmm. right? And also so many different pieces of advice. So it became what are your words to success? 
and uh, people started following, got like a couple thousands of followers to 250 to 100. Now it's almost a quarter million people following wow. um, through there. And uh, yeah, man, it started out like that. I started even taking like homeless people, man, what's your advice to success with success to you? Mm-hmm. And people all over, like all walks of life, they have like a different definition of what that is. And I think that right now in our society and also my, like my generation and younger generations, we see so many things on social media mm-hmm. with the luxury things. And that's not really what all success is. You know what I mean? So I try to like, I try to challenge that. And also uh, and the, get different the, opinions. The thing that I love, though, is your curi- First of all, your your innocent curiosity is what made you try it. First of all, yeah. you know, but you know what I mean. You got you gotta have the balls to do it too. Right. <clears throat> but but Chris and I talk a lot. You know, we're talking about screenwriting and filmmaking and stuff a lot about how when you're younger and you first get into the business, mm-hmm. there's so many things you try or you would do that are outside of what you know now. So because right. you know it now, you would never try it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes being young and naive is a good thing. And sometimes. When, and where I was going with that was, to me, your 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 uh, uh, Instagram and everything went viral because you were just being, you were being real and you were being honest and you weren't like searching for trying to go viral. Right. Those are two different things. Right. Because people feel that shit immediately. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Sure. 100%. Exactly. See, see like, I love the fact that... Um, you're, you're talking to these people, these obviously these one percenters, if they're getting a $300 mm-hmm. a meal uh, dinner, um, and they're open to you. Because I feel like you talk to them in a way that you see, because you're not asking them for anything. Mm-hmm. And you're really asking them about themselves by saying, Because well, everybody likes to talk, talk about, about themselves. themselves. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so that's like a really, really great technique to get a lot of people to talk. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. I just have a question. Um, it said in your bio that like I don't, why am I jumping around? But it's okay. we, um, this is why we call it the rant room because we just be jumping. Around. I'm, I'm just curious because I want to ask <laughs> like you. It's that, like, like so you playing soccer and you get you get a lot of injuries. So what are these injuries? Like what happened? You break your knee, break your foot. What, what, what was all that? Yeah, no, I mean I got multiple injuries uh, through soccer, like through soccer, and I also did. Um, I mean, soccer was my main thing. Like, mm-hmm. had the ball on my feet every, like every single day, seven days a week, right? But uh, I also did a lot of uh, martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, like, Kyokushin karate. I did uh, some boxing. Different. And what's funny is that not funny, but I hurt myself in soccer, mm-hmm. which is like not a sport that usually we would think compared to MMA and fighting, where you're literally punching people in the face. I didn't really. I mean, I sprained ankle. Got, you never got hurt in that shit. I yeah, never yeah, got yeah. hurt in that shit. You know what I mean? I got like a little knockout here and there, but like <laughs> overall, I've been good. You know what I mean? I mean, and I would do the knockout right That's but um <laughs> yeah so so but in soccer i got uh, actually a couple uh, head injuries so i got a, like multiple concussions but then there was like one like really bad one mm-hmm. um where i basically after that i spent some some time quite a bit of time at the hospital because i i uh, i started puking i started just kind of getting a bunch of side effects and the thing about the brain is that the brain is the only part in the human body that after like real like damage physical damage it can rebuild stronger so for example let's just say i'm, I'm doing karate right and we would always fight uh, i would do kukushin which is like the type of karate that gsp mm-hmm. who's also from montreal mm-hmm. and that i know is um basically he got a black belt in and that's what it was his base it's all it's very street like fighting you know uh knuckle to knuckle but when you punch for example your knuckles are going to get stronger afterwards hmm. right your, your knuckles it's like building you're, a callus you're, you're, or you're building callus yeah mm. your bones are, are mm. getting fortified same thing that's why uh, a lot of athletes that do martial arts or 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, Muay Thai, they like they start kind of hitting themselves a little bit just to get the the bones stronger, the mm-hmm. elbows, the um, uh, I mean all kinds of different places in the body. But the thing is about the brain is that with damage, it actually weakens and weakens, mm-hmm. and it becomes. So let's just say you would get a bad concussion, right? And then you get another one, a couple months after, or a couple weeks after. Your third one, you get a hit. It's going to be easier for you to get a bigger, like a bigger, uh, more severe damage mm. to your uh, to your brain, and also you're going to get stronger side effects than mm. if that was your first one. The same hit, just because you've got three multiple yeah, before yeah. that. That makes sense. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? So I was in a position where I had, and sometimes it was literally just stupid things, but it, it happened. I feel like sometimes you can't explain. I was like, why is it happening to me? Like I would literally, oh, let's just say I'm jumping. And I played midfielder, right? So. I would uh, I would ju- jump high, and I would play like the high level. It was, it's called AAA in Canada, so there's like multiple different levels. It was like the mm-hmm. high level of the province. <clears throat> then I, I represented Canada in a few tournaments in Europe, South America, and I would jump for the ball in, in the midfield, and I would go for it, and I would uh, instead of hitting the ball, I, let's just say we hit both each other's heads. Oh yeah, you know, I've and if you're that. going, you're like kind of savaging, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, adrenaline. It's adre- going, yeah. Like you got, and you're also, you know, you guys are still, you guys are strong kids. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, I was about like 16 years old. You guys are all grown up, so there's a lot of power that goes into that. And if you're hitting that, like if you want to hit a ball with all your strength, but you're hitting the head, mm-hmm. sometimes you in the, in the wrong side of the head, uh, like you can get some. Some, some, bad, some bad stuff. You know? okay. It was like hitting a bat. Yeah, man. And, and mm-hmm. I was also kind of guy like I'm fearless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But sometimes that fearless, you gotta be, you gotta learn to be smart in that situation, right? So I, I there's a point where I started almost becoming like I didn't want to go for the head because I would like last time I did. I I remember I remember there's one time where I hit one of the other guys, and the other guy literally, I looked down, he's passed out. He's literally passed on the ground. The referee calls, you know, he starts... A red card or something like he that? Does a, well, no, because it was unintentional, right? We both oh. went for it. But the, re- the referee just is running with a... You know, he starts whistling. And I looked. Uh, he's on the floor. And I feel like I'm okay. I put my hand on my head. And literally blood just starts dripping. Uh. Dripping out. I have, like, a huge hole in my head. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, and then the ambulance is coming to, to get us. And... So when you start getting different things like that, then it makes you kind of like not want to go for the header mm-hmm. as much. But you also can't be fear, fearful mm, right. because mm. then it's, you know, it's like getting back, on, getting back on the horse. Yeah, so it's, right. a, it's a lot of mind when, yeah. that, when it comes to that, you know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man. Mm. No, it's curious because I, I, I just think that it's like a inter- I'm just curious about the journey so that you go from the athlete. There's this kind of like this hurdle put in your way. And then you're going to, you know, and because I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, were you asking these people about their success stories while you were playing soccer or was it after you, or after you decided to, to stop playing soccer? It was actually after. Okay. It was okay. after. Yeah. So I always, I always kind of had a bit of a, yeah, like I said, a bit of a, <clears throat> a lot of interest in business. Um, since I got to I started like selling selling caps and hats like in school importing them um doing different things like that since mm-hmm. i was like 13 uh and that was just i understood you know kind of the supply and demand so mm-hmm. i saw there was a demand for example um you know when you know the snapbacks right oh, so yeah, there's definitely. a point where snapbacks were kind of becoming popular mm-hmm. again they were popular before then yeah. because through rap videos and the rap culture they became popular mm-hmm. again and a bunch of people were wearing them so there was a store <coughs> close by um and they sold these these snapbacks and like all these different like baseball teams and and the basketball teams, but they were super expensive. They were like seventy dollars right. each, uh, at least. And they also priced them up. So, yeah. 
uh, and all these kids around me, like in primary, and, and they started they started buying them, and they all had them. And when you're a kid, you want to kind of like everybody. Fit in. Wants it just, it's just it's, I don't know how to explain it, but you like want to because it's so cool, right? right. And uh, and so I was like, I asked my mom, Mama, puedo uno de estas gorras? Can I have one of these? Mm-hmm. You know, like and and she's like, No, here's a hat. You know, it's a normal hat. It was like an ugly, not an ugly hat, Mom. Like I love you. Thank you for the hat. If you're listening to this, but um, it was not the hat that we wanted. It was far from being a cool snapback. And so I said, You know what? I remember just going on the internet and Amazon was not a thing really, eBay either, there wasn't really, like there was no e-commerce store selling that. Um, But I found, I somehow found this uh, website. It was all like dark page website with a couple of different images of snapbacks. It didn't look Mm -hmm. very legit. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, it was a Chinese website, but at the bottom there was an email. And uh, I remember just emailing because I saw that the price said $8. And it, and it looked like there was a couple models that looked very similar to the ones. And there was one in particular I really liked. Mm. So I, I'm like, okay, I emailed this guy. And, uh, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm like 13 years old right. here, right? So I emailed this guy and I'm like, hey, are, is this thing real? Right? Are you, are you guys real, basically? <laughs> and he answers, he's like, yes, we're real. So I started kind of a back and forth conversation with this guy who after I... I, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money into this. Obviously, my parents, I asked them for the car to do it. They were like, no, what the heck is this? So that was done. I found one of my friends, uh, he had an older brother who had just got a like a credit card. So I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm doing this. I really want uh, the hat and mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, I'm going to give you money. Can we do it? He fin- I convinced him, mm-hmm. and he put his put his card in. And a couple of days later, I, I get a box in the mail, and I'm like, what the hell? I open it, and there's two snapbacks in there from the ones that I, that I ordered and I couldn't believe it. Mm. I literally couldn't believe that it was that it was real and it was a huge like, So that was moment. the first it sounded like that might have been the first time you ever sent out for something and it came with your name on it too. Like one of those first times. Like oh my god, like this is real. Yeah. Like, like you can actually send something somewhere, yeah. show up in the mail yeah. and it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I feel like we you know, we all have those moments where like the first time that you received something, right, mm-hmm. from the internet yeah. or the first time you get paid, mm-hmm. like you sell a product or you whatever it is and you get that it's like, "Oh my god, this is real money," mm-hmm. right? And you you made that happen through a product or service. Um, so that was kind of those like that like wow moment for me, and uh, and then I realized okay I got this for like eight dollars right, and then I go to the, go to school and everyone's like what the heck where'd you get the hack I didn't uh-huh. see that the low I didn't see I didn't see that exclusivity I'm like oh yeah he's like where'd you get it I'm like oh uh, connections right <laughs> so I'm like and then they're like wow you can you get me one of those can you get me so. There was a demand that started building up. Mm-hmm. You probably charged them fifty dollars. <laughs> I am cutting you, cutting you, cutting you a deal. Yeah. You can cut it. Yeah. So the first thing I, the first thing I thought about when I got them and people started liking them, I'm like, man, I can get this to all my other friends who can't afford it, man. Mm-hmm. So I was like happy. But then I'm also like, well, you know what? We have these like uh, things that we're going for school, like the. Like these uh, outings, right? And I remember they always have like they have uh, like food that mm-hmm. you can get there. And I, I don't usually have, have have cash for that, so I'm like I can maybe make some money as well for different things. And so I'm like, okay, instead of you know like they they would pay seventy dollars plus tax at the store, I can maybe do it for like thirty dollars, thirty five dollars, mm-hmm. right? And for my good friends, I'll put it a bit lower. But mm-hmm. in general, I I said. Um, no, I, you know that's not true. I was doing for forty five dollars, and then for my friends, it was thirty dollars. Right. That's good, right? Because um, I, I already was like, "What the hell? It's for eight bucks," you know. And then get your cash, man. Yeah, get so I, it was. Yeah, I was making about thirty dollars a pop on each hat, right? Right? Because I realized also that the more that I, the more that I got, it went down from eight dollars to seven dollars to six dollars. Oh, yeah, to under to almost to five something. So. 
So um, yeah, man. I what I did is I brought I, I took all the pictures on the um, on the web on the website, and I created myself a little catalog. Hmm. A little catalog. I printed it out. I called it like Juan Hats, whatever. And I just went to school and I'm like, hey, look, I have all these. And in, during like the lunch and we had like a 15 minute break, I would go to people and be like, that you, you were asking, well, here it is. And then they would give me cash mm. before because <laughs> I didn't have any cash to put in for the thing. So then I went back with my friend. I'm like, look, here's 500 bucks. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then, and then I would repeat the process. And I would, for some reason, my, my parents really didn't want me the first time to order mm-hmm. because they thought they were sure it was, it was a scam. So uh, I was, in the beginning, I was hiding it. I was hiding it, really? like all the boxes, yeah. And <laughs> I was hiding it. I was literally like afraid because my mom was like, no, 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 you know? And, uh, and then one day she saw like a stack of cash, like of bills in my room. And she, she started screaming at me because she thought it was, I was doing dr- selling right, a bunch of drugs right. and all kinds of, because there's a lot of that where I was growing up, right? So yeah, that's kind of like um, what what the beginning of your entrepreneurship. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it was it was um, supply and demand, and mm-hmm. you know, buy low, sell high, right? But see, what what I, what I like about that, you know, is is you know, like I'm like I love the Shark Tank. I listen to another podcast called The Pitch. Yeah. You know, and it seems like everybody who's on the other side listening to the pitches are guys like you. <laughs> who started as being people who observed something that was missing, you know, or found that shorter angle in how to get something or spent an extra 10 minutes on the internet and looked into that one little thing that somebody else wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Like they just took that extra time, if you will, Mm -hmm. to, 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 to learn something and, that, that's what fascinates me the most when I hear about people like you who are like, you know, so business minded right. and they're just like always aware or see a gold mine in something nobody else does see. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's fascinating to me for sure. Yeah. So let me ask you, okay, so you're making money selling hats, cheating some friends, not cheating all friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly just thought kidding. I was doing a service, right? <laughs> like just, I was, Kidding. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to make your profit margin. You got to make your profit margin. Um, and, and, and then soccer is over. So, so now, how do you decide that you want to get into acting? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind, of, kind of a long story, but after, after uh, you know, I had that, because in, in Canada, I don't know how it is here, like the, the medical system, but at 16 years old, you can, after that, you can decide to have like, Appointments and stuff with the doctor with your fa- with your mm-hmm. parents or not, right? Uh, so I decided that this meeting after I was at the hospital for a while and I had done a bunch of uh, exams like C- like CT scans, lumbar puncturing, like a bunch of exams for for my head basically uh, that I would do it alone. And the doctor basically told me that that um, and it was showing me basically X rays and all this. And he said if I got a, like a bad hit at, like at the wrong place again, I could literally end up like a vegetable. So. Wow. And so, and there was also the moment where I was having like basically all the attention on me for my craft that I've been working on since mm-hmm. I'm four, right? And mm-hmm. since I'm four, like I literally wanted to become a professional soccer player. And you mm-hmm. go to my room, it's all, you know, Barcelona everywhere with mm-hmm. soccer. It's all, it's my, it was my life. Everyone knew me for that. <clears throat> so when he, to- when he told me that, I, I couldn't believe it. But then when he showed me really like, and he was like, if you don't stop playing um, and you get... Like you get an injury, not only is your dream going to be over, but your life can be over as you know it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and basically that was like a big thing, and it was like the first time I literally 
Like I, I cried in front of this this doctor. Like I just remember bawling and bawling, and I just I, I couldn't stop, right? Um, because it was so it was so painful. So after that, a lot of things happened. I but that was like a catapult to to getting in in like drinking like very mm-hmm. early on, doing all kinds of different different uh, different different stuff that I'm not I'm not proud of. Um, but it was it was necessary for me to. To grow from from all that, I also dropped out of school mm. at that age, um, and I was just in a really dark period for about a year and a half. I was like, I was doing all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. but it was because I was a complete stranger to myself, and I you didn't have that thing that you used. No, I didn't even. know who yeah. I was at yeah. all, yeah. right? And and not really. Like not really consciously, I was doing that, but I was separating myself from absolutely everyone because I felt like a complete failure and mm-hmm. so much shit. And I was just like, I was just going going through going through a lot of things, right? Um, but in that year and a half, where I physically wasn't able to smile, man, I literally couldn't smile for that time. Like it was really bad. Mm-hmm. I had seven therapists. I went to. I didn't like, and it was because my my mom and my girlfriend at the time. They were like, hey, you have to see someone. It was the scariest thing for my mom, man, to see. Mm-hmm. And I remember just walking up, because my room was in the basement. So I would walk up. Uh, I remember this time, and I see my mother just crying on the table um, and talking with my brother and just like crying and being like, you got to go to school. I don't want you to end up like him, wow. like to my little brother, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember that really touched me. And I had a lot of moments like that. But it was like, because I... It was not only that I was uh, like a school dropout and I didn't know what I was doing in my life, but I was super depressed and I was doing all kinds of like things that, mm-hmm. you know, sh- were, not, were not good. And uh, so it's scary for a mom, and especially like a Mexican mother and a lot of immigrants, mm-hmm. like education. And for me, education is very important, but it was a school education that was just, you know, it was not, it was not working it, and for me. And, um, and it was not even that. It was just like I, was, I wasn't there. But uh, during that time as well, it's when so I, was, I was working at, uh, at, a, at a gym I was working at Costco I was I was DJing at night and I think it was just all doing all these things mm-hmm. trying to find myself right mm-hmm. because I at the end of the day I was always still a warrior and I didn't want to give up on my life you know what I mean and I, I try to do things and try to figure out what else I was and who I was right. so so what happened is uh, I was going from point A to point B at some point um, and uh, I was in the do you call it metro here or subway? Mm-hmm. Subway. subway, metro, subway, metro. Yeah. 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 So I was in the subway and it was in the middle of the winter in Montreal. There's snow everywhere, so yeah. it's like super. There's like snow on the on the metro on the the <laughs> subway, you know, and like little puddles and stuff. And everyone, because everyone comes from outside with their boots, and I I was just sitting there, and I, I and I watched this movie after it. It kind of reminded me because that's the vibe. You know, the movie Eight Mile when Eminem is in the crazy yeah. his hoodie and yeah. like, looking like a complete bum. Like that's exactly like what I was like. My attitude was shit. Like. <laughs> I was I was just like I didn't care about anything, you know what I mean? And so I was just there and I was stepping on this newspaper and earlier that morning I had a conversation with my mom about uh, and it all had to do with with not being school and finances and all this cuz I also was starting this 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 business and I had to like pay for it, but then also if I wasn't in school, I had to pay for rent and I had to pay for for a bunch of things because it was a way for me to go back to school, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um so I'm stepping on this newspaper that that basically says said casting on it and it had some month, like dollar signs next to it mm. and I just look at it and I grab it and I pick it up and it's all kind of wet and it said that they were looking for someone between um, like basically the, in the age range that I was mm. and I was like a guy uh, and it was Montreal and 
but it, the casting was that on that same day in like an hour, right? <laughs> and I look at it and I'm like, and it has something, I don't remember exactly what it is that I was going to do, but I, had, I was going somewhere and I'm like, you know what? I look at it and something just felt, mm. I don't know, I, I just, I picked it up, I walked out and I figured out how to get there and I went. And so, and I had no experience in acting oh, yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, so I, I, wa- I walk into this casting room uh, looking like complete shit. <laughs> um, am I able to swear on this? Yeah. We were cursing the whole time. All right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, I walk in and uh, they're like, they're like who, who, are, uh, who are you? And I'm like, oh, uh, my name's Juan and uh, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, uh, who's your agent? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. They're like, who, can you give me your headshots and resume, please? And I just stand there, like, I don't not, I have no idea what they're talking about. They're like, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Who's this guy? But um, I ended up just filling out a form, waiting, and and getting in the casting room. And I remember the casting director looks at me after, like, wanting me to do whatever. She's like, you're not exactly what we're looking for for this role. Like, you have a complete different image of what you want. But they're like, are you studying? And, and I was like, uh, well, no. And she was like, because you have something that's very raw. I remember her telling me that mm-hmm. it was very raw, and and I like it a lot. And uh, and she said you should continue, like do it doing this. I don't know how long you've been doing this, but you should uh, you should consider taking this like seriously because mm-hmm. I see something, see something in you basically. And I remember just walking out there, and I was just like. I was trying to understand, and keep in mind, I had absolutely no idea who I was, right? right? So someone's telling me that I have a little something mm-hmm. was like was interesting, was very like uh, interesting for me, and and after that, man, I, I had just so many signs, so many signs, so many things starting to yeah. happen. I went to my uh, therapist's office after him telling me to do um, basically this uh, docu- uh, document mm-hmm. um, questionnaire, which would basically help me find a career in my life because <laughs> I was like that, dude, you know. Uh, basically, I, I started doing all that. He gave me that paper on one session. I go home and I fill it in with a bunch of different questions, give it back to him, and then he, when he gets it, he, look, he sits me down at a table. He looks at me. He just looks at me for the longest time, and I'm like, yeah, so he's like, well, my friend, and that you are an actor. So, yeah. he, just, so he just says that, right? But I, and what's crazy is that I didn't have anything that said acting, that said film, that said really? nothing on that paper. Like, absolutely nothing. It was just, like, numbers, and I would just kind of, like, put the numbers mm. in and stuff. And I remember putting something about connecting with people right. and and, uh, and 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 pain. He was looking at types. He was looking at, to me, he's looking at different types of people, and these types of people are, would be an actor. These type of people would be... Yeah, but I know. mean, for me, thinking about all these different things, and I never mentioned acting or film to him at all. I had mentioned, like, what was going on with soccer right. and with that <clears throat> and my depression and all that. And uh, and it was crazy to me that out of nowhere, he was like, you're an actor, and I just had gone through this casting not too long ago and mm-hmm. then got my first agent, which is a long story of how that mm-hmm. happened. But um, he looked at me, he's like... You're my friend. You're you're an actor. Hmm. Out of all the the possible things, and I was just like, wow. And then I just, yeah, it's been a long road after that. You know, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. I like that. It's a very interesting <laughs> story. It's a very unique story because a lot of people who I know um, who want to be actors, something that they really want to do from like from their young age, hmm. or if they're if they're athletes or stuff like that who want to be actors, they don't come to it until after they're 
at, at their their sports career is over, and they're right. kind of like, what is the similar thing mm. that allows me to like kind of perform and beyond, but I'm not had to be in the office. You know, I mean, I've met a lot of guys. Like I, I used to met, I used to study acting with a guy. He was a boxing trainer. He was a boxer for a while. And he was a, mm-hmm. a boxing trainer, and then he was asked to come and train some actor on a movie. I train him <clears> and be <throat> his stand-in or something like that. He just got the bug, you know. And then next thing I know, he was. I mean, because I saw him and he was like doing like King Lear or something like that. And I was like, but you're so. I mean, he's so like a big, thick, muscular guy. But dude, yeah, I was right. like, he's. I was. I was like, I don't buy him doing. Not that I didn't buy, him, but I was like, it just seems weird that he would choose King Lear. But he was mm-hmm. really trying to push himself. To test his acting ability. That's why he was doing all his right, Shakespeare right. in class. And I was I talking afterwards. I was like, "Oh, so you like this is something that you he kind of fell into it, you know?" Mm-hmm. Afterwards, because mm-hmm. he because what he wanted to do, he couldn't do anymore. That boxing guy, and he had the head thing too, so he couldn't. It's interesting. It's interesting to see that mm-hmm. that's something that, that you got kind of like I don't say steered into, but like the pathway opened up to you in a certain. It, it's been and also that you're very young at it, so you had a time to kind of like still. Um to explore these roles and stuff like that that you would get as a youth right. you know but yeah. but not be the guy who's like I gotta be in musical theater right and and something that I like about you too Juan is <clears throat> we were going back and forth on, on Instagram um, I guess a few months ago um, and we were talking about uh, I was you know complimenting you on the show and whatever and I was telling you oh I've been watching the dailies dude you look good whatever and um and you were like, dude, if there's anything any anything you think I should do, let me know. And I was like, what actor asked you for advice? <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I appreciated that. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he's still humble. He's still in that place of growth. He doesn't think he's got it yet. Mm-hmm. He knows he's oh, still yeah, absolutely. He's still working toward it. He's still working toward it. You know what I mean? So that was like, so that's when I said you should come on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I like this dude. This that's dude is cool. uh, he's open. You know, right? And so, so I appreciate that shit. Um, so, what was after that for you? Did you eventually start getting some? Some you got the agent, you started getting some roles. How did you? How did that lead you to Deadly Class? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I got a first agent who I basically met up for for coffee, mm-hmm. and after conversating with with her, um, and and she had a she had a, a daughter who was so beautiful like she was my age and she was a super beautiful girl like blue eyes like just like I remember sitting down and I was like oh man like, I have this agent big agent <laughs> you know back then I was like, this big film agent and her daughter and the daughter was like uh, an actress who had done a couple movies so I was like, super impressed by that yeah. back then and and um yeah, we. I told her about like what I was doing, and then mm-hmm. I started my first acting class and this and and the thing is, I think early on, like people have actually told me if I backtrack, hey Juan, you should be an actor. You should be an actor just because mm-hmm. I would do things that people were like, what the hell, I believed you because you know what I mean. I would create right. scenes and all that kind of stuff. I was always very creative. I did music, but I never saw it as a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always just like soccer was my life, and mm-hmm. that's what I was going to do. And it was I was very like on that but if I kind of go back there was many moments and times and like little little plays that I would do for like for or like musical stuff um but I just didn't know it so uh, going back I was with this agent at the end of me kind of talking about life and everything that I was going to bring mm-hmm. to this she ended up signing me and I just like remember looking at the contract not really understanding <laughs> it but I'm like okay this seems 50% right. of my money <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and uh signing it and then after that it started getting a couple little um 
And it was funny. I started getting some first like background stuff, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some first background stuff. But I remember like the first. It was like a background with a skill. So I would do like I could dance uh, like salsa, mm-hmm. uh, bachata, different stuff. So it was like um, I think it was it was yeah it was some some salsa uh, for this the scene of a TV show. And like did a little audition for it. I got it. But it was kind of like it was background with a bit of with with some salsa yeah. with the main girl whatever featured part yeah. spot. Yeah, and they're like mm-hmm. right next to me. I remember. And I remember that first day. I was like. When I got on set, I, I arrived going to the holding, and I'm just like signing my name in, and and then just waiting. I'm like, hey, what is all this? Thing, all, all this, you know, the set. And when I when I arrived to the actual location that we're shooting, and I see everything and how they block the streets to do mm-hmm. this, and how I'm like, wow! And mm-hmm. I saw the whole crew, everyone working so hard it's towards one goal. It's always mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, it's towards one goal to exciting. create a vision and to mm-hmm. put like. To put a result together, I was like, "Man, this is this is beautiful." And I started even just connect, just connecting with the other, the other people on on set. I was like, "Wow!" Like, it was amazing. And I think also the fact that the leads of the show um, were right next to me in the mm-hmm. scene for me it was like, "Okay, it's amazing. I'm here, and I'm super excited and blessed to be here." But wh- what's the difference between me right now and that person who is like mm-hmm. the lead of that show? Mm-hmm. Right, so how can I get there? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was so real to me because that person was right next to me. You know what I mean? Um, it didn't f- seem far anymore or anything. And it, and then after that, it's just studying endlessly. At the I went back to school at some point, and it was mm-hmm. just because because of my my mom and and I just tried to go back. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to school, like I actually was skipping all my classes, and I was going to the library, and I was picking up like. Al Pacino's biography, right, right. and I was reading about like director directors, and um, I was reading of Scorsese, and then I was reading of like Stanislavski, right. and you know um, all all these the greats, and I was trying to learn as much as I can from directors, writers, um, and actors, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of studying at the craft. Then I was I would do um go do acting classes, sign up to that. Sometimes I put all my, my last dollar into that acting class mm-hmm, and okay. then I would have to, for an accent. So it's just, it's just about keep on learning the craft. And I said, you know what, if I can bring what I brought to soccer that made me very successful for my age in soccer and, you know, I could have had a professional career in that. I said, if I work just as hard and I do like every day, I would run at 5.30 a.m. to for my cardio, right? right. Let's, what's, what's, what's that in what's acting? What's that equivalent, right? What's that in acting, right? Yeah. And I saw everyone in my classes. I saw, and, and a lot of like very talented people, but I said, I don't think there's one person on here that's going to work as hard as me and mm-hmm. that's going to do what's willing. Like I, I was willing to get uncomfortable. And it's not like because I'm, I'm just like I'm not scared of anything. Now, sometimes... I'm scared of something and I would go and I would do that thing that scares me the most, right? Because, like, I just have this feeling You'd be the first one to raise your hand to go, huh? Well, <laughs> I'll jump in just for a second. Yeah. See, that's the thing that a lot of people don't um, think about in this industry right. is that you really have to work really, really hard. Because there's people like you who, are, who come with, the, with a different type of work ethic because um, to me, I think some people think, well, I got the talent, and therefore that's going to carry me through. Right. But, but, but the thing that like, I realized is, is that everybody out here has talent, but who's going to work hard? Okay. Who's going to be early? Who's going to show up you know, like, and, 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 and know all their lines off book and stuff like that? I mean, who's going to do all that kind of work? Because that, like you said, it's like you know, you made a great point. You were like, 
everybody is working this whole five, you know, 150, 100 people working to get one goal, you know, and this, that is what you have to do. And that requires a lot of discipline to get everybody on that same page. And there can be no one who can be like the wrong frequency. And it's really, it's really interesting to hear you say that because that's a, a lesson I think a lot of people don't do. I mean, for instance, you know, like, so when I was in Savannah on the thing, uh, we were, you know, like I was director shadowing at this show and, um, and, and so the first day we were at this prison, like an hour outside of town. So I was like, I'm gonna be there like an hour and a half, you know, call time is at seven. I'm gonna be there at 645. Mm-hmm. Now granted, I didn't know how it was going to, what it was going to be like there. I didn't, I thought, well, it's in Georgia, it can't be that cold. <laughs> but it was like 35 degrees oh that morning, you know, and I was, and like, and I, and I was like, I didn't have a hat, I didn't have any of this stuff because I think it was going to be that cold, but I was like, but you know what, I'm here, I'm going to watch everybody doing what they're doing, and I watched all the main people who I had met earlier, the producers and directors, mm-hmm. they all like, f- like, like f- eventually were coming to set at their time, but they were like, oh, you're here early, you're here early, so mm-hmm. you know what, you really want to make this important. Right. You're letting me know that you got here before me. Like all the people, I mean, PAs, it's like they were different. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I, I mean, like that set a tone like for me, mm-hmm. you know, for, like, in, in their eyes. And that's, right. and that's the thing that you're doing too because people... People are watching. People are watching yes. and people and, and the top people want, like they want everything to be easy for what everyone else is doing and that sounds like a cop out is because they're juggling so much mm-hmm. that is you know that most people don't even realize what they're doing that they got to have certain things that are visible easy because if they had to like you know like if, if they had to micromanage they would get nothing done mm-hmm. and i think that, that that's the thing that makes you know like actors and writers and producers coming in who who who, who know they're part of the machine but but don't take that as like um um, the fact that they're not top dog is is not, is not affecting their ego. Right. You know they understand. Come in and, and do your part the best because right. then because then it will reflect on you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like what you were saying earlier. Like with Rick was like, hey, this guy was fucking good. Let's let's bring him back. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's true. It's true. Um, so get us to day of the class. What was it like for you going in for that? How did you hear about it? Like, how did that all come to you? I got that as a as an, an audition, <clears throat> just mm-hmm. like any uh, other one through email. Uh, and I remember. Did you go in? Did you send your tape? Or what did you? Yeah, do? so it was a tape. Okay. And I remember before, before that, like, I I had a couple of things that I booked off to, but I always really love going into the mm-hmm. room so much more. I, I know some actors that they love doing tapes because you can do it as many times as you yeah. want or whatever. Um, I, I prefer to see them in the room too. Yeah, so I mean, there's the pros and cons, I guess, yeah. to both, but I really love kind of like that that energy. with. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at it, and it looked like a really cool project, but to be honest, I had a bunch of other things that were happening like during during that day at the mm-hmm. same time. So you know when you get like all these things that right. kind of come in together? I, I even had like two other, two other uh, auditions at the same time, so you can't put as much emphasis on one but I remember looking at this and just, just stood out and I, obviously when you read this you don't know how big it's going to be right? right it was just like it was called grape you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so you, I didn't know too much about it and uh, we had to change the name you know <laughs> yeah yeah so I didn't know too much about it but I looked at it and this is like this is really cool and there was just something about it that seemed just really interesting uh, to me and back then too it was not like there was not the character of, of Juan, right? right. It, so that I was going in for, and what happened is I, 
I was going to see one of my friends who owns a production company. He's a young young guy from Montreal who owns a production company over mm-hmm. there. And I was going over to his place to check a commercial that we both did together. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, would you mind like reading for, reading with me? Because I just got a last minute tape and I need to send it in. Um, by tonight, can you... And he's like, yeah, man, like, mm-hmm. no problem. Sure, come come over and after we do the, the commercial thing, we'll we'll do it. And so... I I basically went with that went through that with him. Mm-hmm. I did the the tape and and that's it. I I sent it off and um after that they asked to to get uh for another for another one with mm-hmm. like better lighting. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. You know what? I did it with my father first. <laughs> I did it with my father first and then it was with my friend okay, on the it. second time mm-hmm. for the better lighting. Right. And uh <clears throat> And then what's funny is that I did it with my father, my father first, and my father really puts a lot of like a lot of uh, expression into it. <laughs> so it was like this this kind of ag- aggressive type type of scene, right? And then he, he would like do it more aggressive than me, just like the is back. He, is he on camera? Your dad? No, no, he's not. Oh. No, no. Oh, he's, he's been off tape going, you will do what yeah, I right, say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know the type when you look at a tape and you're like putting more emphasis on the reader because he's so dramatic and so big and so loud also? That's so amazing. yeah, that's kind of like what it was. I was just trying to get him to tone it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus, my dad was also playing Marcus, right? So we, oh, it wasn't right, like right. being super, needed to be super aggressive. And he had this thick <laughs> Spanish accent. Anyways, uh, after that, I did it with, with my friend. Um, Because they liked that tape a lot from what I heard. Then they wanted to see this one. But then the, I thought the lighting was okay, but they wanted to see another one. And so then I did it another time. And, and it kind of kind of get, kept going where they were really interested in, mm. in me for the part. So my agent called me and was like, hey, Juan, they really like you for, for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, can, you do it, can you do this tape with this scene? I'm like, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I go, I get that done, send it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then there's a point where like, Juan, they, they, they want you for like, For, for the role, for the, for the pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and the name of the role was Chico's Boy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was not even, it was not even like Juan back then. It was, right. it was Chico's Boy, which was, would have been for like one pilot. I would have to fly from Montreal to Vancouver mm-hmm. um, during that. I remember I had a couple of different stuff scheduled, but I'm like, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's a small part, but you know what? There's something about it. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah, and then we, we shot the... I remember I was got super excited for that. Because then I started looking into it, and I saw was, you know, who, who was attached to, this, to the project, and, <laughs> and it was just like, it was, it was my first time traveling. Like I've been to Toronto, mm-hmm. to some stuff in other places, but to the whole other, you know, side, side of the country. country. Yeah, it was my first time for acting. You know, I've done that for soccer, mm-hmm. for different stuff, but for acting, it was my first time. So I'm like, wow, like, you know, like I get paid to, to travel there, mm-hmm. to, right. to stay in a hotel, and it was, it was just really nice and very humbling. Where, where were you at when you got? When you found out the show got picked up, that it got picked up, and that you knew you were coming back, you know what I mean? That's important too. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I'm asking because I, I like one of my favorite things that I always tell people is happy tears. Yeah, I love happy tears. Like even when I got staff on the show, I'm in happy tears, and I love and Chris and I have happy tears all the time with each other. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. I just so that's why I'm always like, what was that? What was it like when you got that call? You yeah. know, by the, by the way, we're going to be bringing you back and you got six episodes or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at first it was like, they told me that I would maybe have two, three episodes, mm-hmm. right? That's what was kind of like, <clears throat> like two, three episodes. So I, I got, um, I, was, I was at home. I remember I was at home mm-hmm. and, and uh, my agent called me and, and, and she told me that. And I was just like, 
I just got so ex- like I just got so excited. I started. Mm-hmm. I think my mom was in bed, and because um, I had an apartment for myself that I got, but I was at my parents' house, and I just started. Mama, start screaming! You know, it, it was just like, and it was just it's just an amazing feeling when mm-hmm. you, you, you. Sometimes you never know because in this industry, a lot of different things can mm-hmm. happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a lot. Of you know, our show anybody could die. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've also had some situations where like I got a lead of a of a project, right? Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, the project just doesn't end up going. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, big thing, whatever. And and that had happened to me like two three times before mm-hmm. that, like super like. I remember my dad was like, why? What is it about you? Like, so unlucky that, like, and, like they wanted you, got it, you work so hard. And then you got it, you celebrate it, and then something happens right. or whatever. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. And so I had experienced that very early on. Mm-hmm. And so there was always that kind of thing, like, hoping that doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, I was, like, super excited. And, and then when I figured out that, you know, that it was going to be after I did a couple more tapes or, you know, and also got over here mm-hmm. that it was gonna grow bigger and and I really also I I, I was honest with the, with the producers when I saw I'm like look I love this show and I love this so like just like in anything it's like almost when I told my coach like I'll do the whole game you don't mm-hmm. have like if you need to switch me mm-hmm. switch me but if you need me like don't worry about me I'll be there 100 percent mm-hmm. I'll like cause, why because I prepared for it mm-hmm. right I prepared for it and I have the cardio for it so I'm just like hey like. I'm not scared of of the work and what's needed, and I'll I'll get it done. What's it? What's it? Because I didn't get a chance to go up and produce my episode. What what was it like being on the set? What's what's it, what's it like up there in Vancouver? Ah, it's amazing, man. Yeah. It's, All the kids get along. Everybody's cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember when I when I so when I first got there, I first got to LA. Um, I got picked up and uh, had a great conversation with uh, Tigo Tigu, who was the my, my driver, super nice guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and after that. You hear him saying his driver like he a pimp. Look. I know, sick. <laughs> some SUV limo and shit. Like, stretched out, just <laughs> kicking back, drinking. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. It, w- it was cool. It was like, so he starts telling me how, oh, he just drove uh, DiCaprio not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And then he, um, this, this director called, uh, you know, Alejandro González Nerito mm-hmm. from The Revenant oh, and all, yeah, all yeah, this, right? Yeah. And one of my favorite movies, which is uh, Amores Peros. I love that Mexico, movie. Right? I love Man, that Man, I want to make movie. a movie like that so bad. Bro. I love that movie. I have a TV show like that in the world. I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna tell you about that <laughs> offline. But was, yes. Oh man. Yeah. So, so he was just telling me a couple of these very casually, and I was like, and then and he's like, now I'm driving this guy called Juan Gray, and I was like, man, yeah, it's cool. And at some point, I'm just like, <laughs> you know what, man? But you know, it'd be cool. I was just kind of looking at the palm trees here, you know, not the palm trees, the um, the nice like there's there's some cool trees in in uh, in Vancouver. They don't have in Montreal. I don't know like the name of it. Anyways, we were just on the on the street, and I was mm-hmm. like. And then an amazing mountains, beautiful mountains yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Montreal, like, there's, you don't have at all, right? So like, I was just looking, I'm like, it just kind of came out. I'm like, Was know, that your first time in Vancouver, or you been there before? I've been there for the pilot. Okay, right. For right. the pilot very uh, quickly, but I never right. hadn't gone through, like, that, that road specifically. Also, I went, it, now it was summer, before it was, like, November when we shot mm-hmm. the pilot. So it was, like, always raining and cold, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and right now it was, like, super sunny. It was, like, oh, I felt, mm-hmm. it, it was amazing, man. And they, I was just like, well, you drove... Uh, DiCaprio. So when, I'm like, oh, you know, you know what's going to happen, man? He's like, what? I'm like, when, in a couple of years, bro, you're going to be driving, and you're going to say, oh, man, I, I drove DiCaprio, González Neri to Juan Gray, da, da, <laughs> you know? And I, I, just, and I was just like, you know, like, that's going to happen, it. brother. Yeah. And he's like, and he looks at me, he's like, absolutely, my friend. That's absolutely. Good. I have no doubt about that, my friend. And, and so I was just, you know, like good, good vibes, you know? And I mm-hmm. think you have to... You have to believe in in what you're doing, man. And I'm not saying in a way that like in a cocky way. I just really believe that's what's happening. And I, I just I don't know. It's just 
thing good sending good good energy out there. It let just kind of came out on the on the moment. Let, you know? let me ask you a question for the actors out there. Yeah. <clears throat> so you get a role on a show. They fly you to another place. What's your daily life like when you're not shooting, and what's it like when you guys are? Like, what 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 what, kid, what should somebody be expecting? So you, you know what I mean, Chris? Like yeah. For those kids, just yeah, yeah, curious, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, you when I, I arrived to to the airport and you know just doing the, the normal thing, trying to get to the airport with mm-hmm. that excitement right. at the same time. You know, uh, if you have like a script. Of the show, I remember I just get the script and mm-hmm. keep on, keep keep on reading, reading it, it mm-hmm. right? Um, learning about about the the show, and and sometimes I remember just like like to write a little bit, mm-hmm. a little write about either like the the character. And what was interesting about this this uh, character and, and specifically for for Deadly Class is that it was so like I didn't really know what was going on, mm-hmm. right? I was Chico's boy, <laughs> and then I knew that I was maybe not going to be Chico's boy anymore, and I was gonna. But also, like in the comics, you don't see a lot about this guy, no. who, which and most of the other characters, like in all my 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 friends on the show, um, they have huge backstories, mm-hmm. and especially Deadly Class origin stories. They really <laughs> they, they go into different backstories, right. all that. And I'm like, well, for me to bring something, like I want to have something at least for myself. Right. I don't care if it whatever, but I'm like, I need to have something for myself, um, just so I bring you know a, a three dimensional character to the screen or do my best to that. So I was just kind of like figuring out, but at the same time, you can only do whatever that. You know right. of that thing, so so it was interesting. I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna try creating something for myself that I know would make sense in the mm-hmm. in the show, and um, and yeah, just starting to. to but build it just something. gives you something to work with. It gives you something to have like a a backstory in your head of oh well, you know when when. When when Juan did this, you know, Baba he met Chico, and then that caused that to happen. With Baba. Yeah. you know, even if it doesn't isn't real, at yeah. least it helps you to be in the moment yeah. of what could be. And also, yeah, well, that that's yeah. the thing that like that like really good actors tell you they do. They'll do like three, five, six, twelve pages of their own backstory, mm-hmm. so they understand the character. It's weird because it's a lot of times that sometimes the the actors might know the characters better than the writer because they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to make all the behavior b- believable mm-hmm. for those little small scenes and you do that by just developing it and developing go okay what you know like am i like, like you know what i'm 15 you know like when i was 15 i did this when i was 12 i did this, this is the first time i had sex there's all this kind of stuff that, mm-hmm. you, that you put into mm-hmm. it that will never be seen right. you'll never talk about it but it helps you as the talent like create that magic when the camera's on right right yeah, and and I think that that's one of the things that I that was a good, really good experience for me is that even if a character is you don't see a lot of like you don't for example I didn't have a breakdown about mm-hmm. what Juan was because yeah. he, I the last thing I had was a pilot and Chico's boy all he said was like <laughs> right. not much you know what I mean <laughs> Chico he was Chico's like yeah. right hand man and and someone who you know could be aggressive and like right. you know strong intimidating a little bit and did you pour like this did did, did yeah. you did you pour the the, the, Chico was, did that. that okay, was, uh, Chico, okay, okay. <laughs> he was right there. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, who, who is he? What kind of guy is he? Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. What was, what was interesting is that, for example, I was like, okay, so he's like, Chico's like best friend since they're young. You mm-hmm. know, they grew up together. He knows he's tight with, uh, with Alma. You mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. And I started kind of creating. This guy who I'm like, yeah, he's ag- he's aggressive, he's that, but maybe he also has a good heart, that, mm. and he has an intention. Maybe he wants something outside of King's Dominion. I'm kind of doing this little thing, not that that it's gonna really, 
you know, um, that we're going to show that on the screen, but it's something that's inside. And I'm like, this would be the very interesting character for Juan, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But like, then you go on set and the director's like, no, we, not not no, but he's like, okay, we want Juan to be just a super aggressive, intimidating Mm -hmm. bully dude. (laughs) Right. And that's like when, and then another director might say, you know what I mean? But that's one of those things when it's not a big character Mm -hmm. that is, you have to really go and adapt and still make it work you know mm, what I'm saying mm, mm. and um, that, that that was just been like I think that one of the most interesting things like how to adapt to different things like that that when it's full on character every director everyone knows okay this is who this guy is mm-hmm. and you can really you know have conversations with yeah. people about him and it's, grow. Part, it's part of the tone meetings and all that stuff yeah. exactly yeah, yeah yeah so so what, when you have days that you're not working what are you doing um, going to the gym keep your body right like what are, what are you doing yeah, I mean, I like definitely like to to work out. I like to um, to train. I mean, I do a, con- a, a lot of different. Uh, I mean, like uh, for, you mentioned, like the podcast. So mm-hmm. That's like a new thing that I'm doing right now that I, I love a lot, and uh, stuff in business. But I keep on keep on like seeing how I can progress and, and learn, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, if I'm honest, all I'm doing is I'm experiencing as much as I can, mm-hmm. man. I'm getting myself in uncomfortable situations all the time. Like every single day, I do stuff that get me uncomfortable, and also that I try to do something nice for someone. Right. And sometimes it's, it's, it's easy, you know. But sometimes you have to get out of your way to do something, and mm-hmm. I and I do that because that makes me experience life. And when you're able to experience life, you're able to grab things that you could bring on screen mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have. You wouldn't be able to if you didn't really experience that. I, I like to to read. Um, I like to listen to different things, to watch films. Like I was watching with uh, with a friend of mine, just like Goodfellas, that are just in bed, just watching it again. Smart. You know, um, <laughs> this week, and I like to watch classic films and be like, also to try to break it down in mm-hmm. my head. Like, okay, why he take that, make that choice? Right. Why you do that, man? That's so genius. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, I, I, I would have done that differently. All that I think is being critical that's, that's about how you that. grow. That's yeah. that's why we're one of the only businesses where we watch movies and TV shows, and that's like homework. That's that's Absolutely. you could write that shit off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that, I love it's, that it's about total it. Total homework. It's total. <laughs> you sit around back. Like, you know, I'm gonna watch Tim. It is Tim. It is Tim. Exactly. It is. Tim, it is. Yeah. And, I, and and I mean, I was doing that the other day because I'm trying to figure out something to do on a pilot, and I watched like the first 15 minutes of like nine shows. Mm-hmm. So I watched because I wanted to see how they open. What was happening? Mm-hmm. Just figure something out, like pacing wise. And it's like, and it's, and it's all shows that I'd seen before, right. and a few I hadn't. But it was like, yeah. But it, but 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 that's such a weird thing to do. I mean, most people are going to watch the show, and they're, if they can turn it off, they can turn it off, or they're going to watch the whole thing. They're just going to go, okay, I'm specifically going to watch the clock until you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It's, 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 yeah, I mean, you have to do the work. It's always about doing the work. Right. Now you 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 have a you're starting to write and produce and stuff. So mm-hmm. what, can you tell us about any of the projects you have going on now? Yeah, man. Um, so I. Pretty much, actually, the the first writing thing that I did was, mm-hmm. like, I was still playing soccer, mm-hmm. um, and I woke up in the middle of the, the night, and I just had this huge idea about this soccer player <laughs> who from, from Mexico who arrived to the States, and kind of this whole thing about how he happened, and and fell in love, and this and that. It was about, like, <laughs> chivalry, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was a kind of this drama with also, like, some edge 
you know, the crime edge. And I, I woke up and I'm like, this is genius. And I saw the whole movie. <laughs> and that's, I have to say, that's probably never happened the same way again in my life, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I would just be popping movies after like screenplays. Right. But mm-hmm. that happened. And I remember I saw the beginning. And for me, it's always like, can I see the beginning and the end? Mm-hmm. And a strong ending. And mm-hmm. I can like work the middle. And right. I have like important pieces in the middle. Right. Then I know I can make a screenplay out of that or whatever. And I saw the beginning. I saw the, the end. And I saw the, the middle as well. I was like, oh my God. So you know those times where like I'll remember in the morning? Mm-hmm. And you just know you're going to remember in the morning. But you wake up in the morning and you have no <laughs> idea what you have to remember in the morning. Well, that's happened, that's happened to me too much. Before, so I was like, man... I go and I, I opened up the computer mm-hmm. and I started just typing, man. I started just typing, and it was like it was like three a.m. and by the time I was it was like seven a.m. I was done mm-hmm. and I had like over a hundred pages what? of, but it was it was written in like not as a screenplay, right, right, you know, like but, but it was. But I still put the dialogue and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't using like Final Draft back mm-hmm. then and stuff. I didn't even know what that was, um, <laughs> so I was just kind of like typing away. But it was literally like. I looked like I was on crack or something, bro. I was like, like that. It was just kind of going. I think it's also because I was in the middle of my sleep pattern. So I feel like I was in a certain flow. Right. I remember, man, I was like, it was kind of just like coming away. Like it was crazy. And after that, I was, I was done. And I was like, this is a masterpiece. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. And, uh, and then I had school like right after. So I had to like, get ready for, for school. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was my, my like my first screenplay I wrote, and then after that, I, I when I started getting into into acting seriously, I'm like, yo, well, I I started seeing I'm like, what char- kind of characters do I want to do, right? What kind of characters do I do I want to play? And um, and I saw what I was kind of going getting in the room for, mm-hmm. and some of that was cool, but I was also like, yo, I'd love to kind of get in the room for that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like. I would never saw something like that that was like for me or that mm-hmm. fit my either my age, my what I look like or whatever. And so I was like, I'd like to create something like that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's real. Because I like people like that actually do exist, but I just never see anything about that and or the, and with this kind of story. So I just started. I just started writing and um, from personal ex- from personal experiences, mm-hmm. really. And uh, I think that's where it comes from. When you first start writing, you start writing almost every script I've ever written from somebody's first script was something personal in them somehow <clears throat> like somehow. my first and then it always changed my first script it's... i wrote was about me and the whole mod punk rock scene back in the early 80s you right. know what i mean so it's like that's what you do yeah. you always go back to the original thing as you start getting older you start getting more mm-hmm. you start understanding the craft you start pulling from things that move you right. in a certain way you know what i mean you realize okay that was that one that'll probably never be shot but yeah <laughs> i'll move on to this that's what happens shit. What happens? Everyone's writing what they know, um, in a sense. But but I think I think you I think you always write what you know. It doesn't and, that, and but that doesn't have to be limited to your actual actual experience. Like you right. said, it's like you're experiencing a lot of things. Like you're experiencing a lot of things. You can be inspired by. Yeah, you know, to 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 to, uh, to understand the emotional kind of like response to certain things. Mm-hmm. I think I think and then that's what you're writing mm-hmm. about. You know, to pull from. You know, like the event might not be the same. But how you responded to it is what you want to uh, um, communicate to somebody else. You know, yeah. there were different scenes. So yeah, it's interesting. And I feel like also there's so many times that you just get either inspired or you just you just see other people have a certain experience, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, I never really like thought about that, and that can create something can becomes mm-hmm. a story of its own because mm-hmm. you see even a moment, man. Like even so, one thing that I was doing when I was out of, out of school. Uh, this is like a weird thing that I realized I did it. I didn't realize how, I knew it was weird when I was doing it, but um, I didn't realize how weird. Well, 
so I would just go to to the, the subway, like I was telling you, and there was like one train on this side, right mm-hmm. on my left side, and one train on the right side, and and I would just kind of be in the middle, and I would just sit there for hours. Really? Yeah, I would just sit there for hours, and I would just look at people, man. Like I would just look look at people coming out from one subway to the other, and they would kind of cross, and I would just kind of start like thinking about what all these people are doing. I think also because I didn't know what to do with my right. life, I was just like, what are all these human beings doing? And I had a notebook at some point. I ended up picking up a notebook, and I was like, okay, this person right here <clears throat> is walking out, has a broken leg, is you see him limping, but he really wants to go somewhere. Mm. I'm like, so you write a story write about that. About That's that. Cute. That's where is cute. that? Where, where is where was he coming from, and where is he going? Because everywhere. It's co- everyone's coming from something mm-hmm. is going somewhere like right now in this room right, right. I had a little experience coming up here and I, mm-hmm. okay and then I'm gonna be, do- be doing something after this so it's yeah. like we're all doing that and in the scene it's so important that you know where you're coming from and you know where you're going oh right? it's the most important thing right after right. what yeah. was the moment before <laughs> what was the moment before <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I started kind of putting that together <clears throat> and then I see like on the other side there's uh, this woman coming out with two kids mm-hmm. and she started saying something to this boy and whatever and I'm like hey what if you merge those two stories together mm-hmm. and then there's, then I just started kind of that helped me create you know different type of uh, stories and I think that's like a I didn't, I didn't really say as an exercise but right now it's something that I would actually like recommend right. people to do because it, it just makes you understand human behavior in a different way in that's any a, way or just that's like, exactly how you do it? One of the things I love about this because I was thinking about how your therapist told you years ago, <clears throat> you're an actor, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, you're also a writer. You know what I mean? Because that's how we think. Yeah. I mean, every situation you're in, I'm observing. Yeah. Like people, time. people are always fascinated. Like, God, like how old are you? Like you're so wise. I'm like, because I study human behavior right. all day long, all day so long. I see like what's wrong like before people else, other you know other people do. Yeah. <clears throat> it's because I'm looking for different traits and different things and going. I'm like, oh well, that's interesting about them. Oh, my my cousin is kind of like that same. Thing. Oh, I bet I can figure them out in about 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. But you study that from being somebody who observes silently, mm-hmm. you know, and through the silence, you, you are able to see the truth. Right. You know, I was going to say this one thing um, before we start to wrap up. One of the things I love about what you're doing right now, and Chris and I talk about this a lot. <clears throat> I'm one of those people that I'm the nicest guy and I'm also an asshole. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I don't have a lot of respect for anybody who's like, oh, I'm just an actor. Like, bitch, what else are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Create in some uh, sort of a way. Right. 15, 20 years ago, when, when Chris and I were first coming up, you know, it was a lot harder because everything was on film, so you didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Now, no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm holding my phone in my hand. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You can create. If you don't know how to hold this, somebody you know in your group can do the hell out of a selfie. Let's see how they frame something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Figure that shit out. Yeah, you know, create something. That's, that's, that's definitely, right. definitely. No, I, I was, I was gonna say. I mean, I mean, like, like I think that, you know, it's so weird because it's like everyone's got to do ten jobs, but it's like you kind of have to because, you know, I, I, I think by doing multiple positions. It just allows you to. It's it's like a marketing angle. It allows mm-hmm. you to be sold, and it also lets people know that that. To, on a subconscious level, you have a specific vision mm-hmm. because you're writing and producing and acting. Because there's, like you said, there's roles or there's people, or there's things that you've seen that you, you that, that you want to create because you haven't seen it yet. 
And that's like the vision that you have specifically. And if you were just an actor, you, you might sit around 15 years going, mm-hmm. man, I wish someone would do something like that for, for me to star in. And it never happened. But you're like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to write that. I'm going to write that and then I'm going to produce it. That's why I started producing. And here I'm 20-something projects in now because I was like, you know, the writer strike happened. I was like, I need to do something. You know, I need to be my own boss now. This mm-hmm. is bullshit. <clears throat> Which is why I appreciate the type of success things that you guys do. It's it's all about how can you be your own entrepreneur and how can you, mm-hmm. you know, progress, you know, further what is your your vision of success. Right. And and here being here in, in, in LA, Chris and I both have friends, you know, that are freaking Emmy and Oscar winner people. Mm-hmm. So how do you compare yourself to that? Well, the key is not to. Because if you do, you're shit out of mm-hmm. luck because all you do is want to be them mm-hmm. you know what I mean and envy will fuck with you you know mm-hmm. so you have to constantly be like there's room enough for me I'm going to take that part of it that they took mm-hmm. and use that to my best ability because that worked for them so that I could still use that but it doesn't have to be that way you know I mean, people could be either envious or, or you could choose to be inspired most people are envious though right. you know what I mean and it, I totally it, it can grab you so it's, totally. it's really and you, you don't even know you're being envious when you're in the middle of it mm. now I've been in it I know you've been in it so it, it's just hard not to not to do it when it's all around you everywhere one day you're hanging out with your boy tomorrow they're the star of a show <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean and it's like wait a minute he just started acting like two years ago I've been doing it since I was 14 uh, you know yeah, what yeah. It, so it's hard not to take it personally sometimes but you have what I've learned is there's room for every it took it took two years to figure that out. I've been doing yeah. this since I was twelve years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm fucking forty eight. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. still, you know, I've learned now as as I'm an older, you know, um, um, guy in this industry that that for me it's about it's about knowing who I am, knowing what I'm worth, and 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 giving that back. You know, Absolutely. which is what this show is for. It's just you know giving out free game to people all the time, so they don't have to make those mistakes we made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Were you about to say something? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks, Juan. That's what's up. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We just told you. We just having a little conversation, learning a little Absolutely, bit about you, bro. and, um, you know, letting the people learn, you know, what, what you got going on out there. Yeah, man. So, well, thank you so much for having me, and, and you guys, it's just really cool what you guys are doing thank you. as a show. I actually listened to, listen, listen, to, listen to it, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this is cool that you guys, same thing, man. I hadn't seen a cool screenwriting um, podcast like before I'm sure there is I, but you no, guys there is just there, there is, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you guys are definitely the coolest and but yeah, it's great that you guys take initiative and it's not not just screenwriting but you talk about culture you talk yeah. about all these things and keep it raw man that's that's really cool and if I can bring that into my own podcast how mm-hmm. raw you guys are doing it like so and it's so real and organic and anyways props to you guys for doing this I think, I think the key Thank for you. me like I said I, I asked you for your bio <clears throat> just as an example you know Chris and I will look over people's bio and we're like okay yeah. we're not like I don't even have it out you know what I mean I just did it just to understand a little bit more but, and then we're going to find out about you when everybody else does mm-hmm. you know so that, so that it forces us to talk because yeah. if I just go so when you were 17 you yeah. said you <laughs> You know, it ain't going to sound real and people will hear totally, it and they'll totally. be like, are they in the same room? You know, right, like right, what's right, what's right. going on? So I want people to know, like for my show, we're, we're asked and I probably get 10 different PR reps hitting me a week asking to have some yeah. showrunner on my show all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, he's in London. Oh, well, he's in Australia. He was like, no, he needs to be here. And I'll turn them down. I'm like, are you sure? This is a really big whatever. I was like, you come on our show. You're high the show. We're doing yeah, all you kinds have your of guidelines. You have your like, you know like, I mean? come on the show. Like yeah. don't like phone it in from <laughs> no, some, you know some transatlantic cable. Come on, <laughs> hey, come on now. 
What's going on? <laughs> uh, but, well, I'm super grateful that I got to to be on the show, bro. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, what's up? What's, what's your plan? You planning to move to LA? What, New York? What? What do you? Uh, most likely. Um, so I'm going to be in in Vancouver for a bit. There's a lot, as you know. Shooting, you staying there? Right now, I'm in Montreal, but I'm going to be going to Vancouver <clears throat> for a bit. Okay. And uh, I'm going to see a couple projects right now that that I have that were like that are in the works. Mm-hmm. But I'd definitely like to come down to LA right. at some point in the near future. I mean, I'm not saying you have to have to have to be here because now there's cap- like I said, there's capabilities for you to be your own boss now. Right, right, right. <clears throat> but you know, if you want to play in the big leagues and you want to still act outside of your own things that you do, mm-hmm. you kind of have to be here. Definitely, they're still going to be cast in most of the big roles, yep. like they did here. They brought most of the actors here, then took them there. Right, right. And then they cast all the other guys. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? That's what they. That's why I moved from LA because I was an actor first. And Frisco, you mean? So you sorry, from Frisco. San Francisco, is I was getting, I was tired of them always casting me as the best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to some other guy, I was like, I could have played that role. What yeah, the hell? yeah, you know what I mean. So Absolutely. totally understand, totally understand. So cool, man. Thanks, Juan. Hey, thank you, buddy. Shoot out all your um, where you at on Instagram or Twitter. What's up? Uh, you guys, if you want to see more about what I'm doing, you can go to uh, on Instagram at at Juan Gray, and that's pretty much it at Juan Gray. Okay, you just on Instagram, you on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well. I'm I, I use one platform more than anything, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Instagram one. But do you take uh, more photos and shit like that? Or? No, I just I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a visual kind of person, you okay. know, so I like I like yeah. seeing the videos and the pictures every now and then. But it's you know it's a social business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you at, Chris? <clears throat> Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, and I'm your host. Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please give us a uh, five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. You got to say that on your thing. Um, you know, whatever you guys listen to, give us the five-star. We need that for the metrics. Um, please follow us on our new Patreon page. There will be a link in the show notes. Don't slip on that. Or you just go on the Patreon site and just type in Screenwriters Rant Room. Exactly. And search and you'll find it. <laughs> for sure. And um, again, we're on Facebook, all that other stuff. For all you guys, please check out Deadly Class. My man Juan here. Got some more shit coming up as Vamos. we get as we get into the <laughs> as we get into the uh, the deeper into the episodes, you're gonna really be taking it out. Um, so uh, good to have you, Juan. We appreciate you, man. Um, so that's what's up. If you guys are grown. Let's go ahead and do this thing. Peace, y'all. Mama, <laughs> say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.